0: we Well, greetings, fellow captains, and welcome back to Rank Amateur. Yes, it is I. I am back once again, and this time I'm actually on time. Uh, today we have for you an episode on the Tier 7 Japanese premium battleship, the IJN Hyuga. And I'm like 90% sure I'm pronouncing that right. I probably don't have an accent, but um, yeah... So, uh, in my opinion, an amazing ship, one of the best ships that Wargaming's come out with in a while, and I know that seems like a lot, but the Hyuga really does it simply, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But first of all, let's get through uh, World of Warships news lately. Well, the biggest news that we have right now is the uh, implementation and release of Update 0.11.4, which brings us French cruisers, or rather French supercruisers, or battle cruisers, depending on where you come from uh these are basically just tier uh nine or eight nine and ten uh, Dunkirks. uh you got the cherbourg is the breast and the marcel or Marceau, marcel marcel eh, i don't know it depends on how you pronounce it um, i'm just gonna say i am not french so i do not know how to pronounce these um the cherbourg is literally just a dunkirk um the breast is kind of also a dunkirk and the Marcel is like a Nelson, basically. Uh, they uh, have pretty weak uh, armor against high explosive shells, but the armor pierce, uh, their effectiveness against uh, preventing armor-piercing rounds from damaging you is pretty good. Um, they have large health pools, repair priorities, uh, main battery reload boosters, but a slow base reload. Um, I believe they ca- uh, Marcel carries 330 millimeter guns uh breast carries 330 millimeter guns and the Sherborg at two rate carries 305 millimeter guns so they are kind of like Dunkirks, but they are cruisers and they are really fast dialing destroyers in the tech tree now uh dockyard is uh going strong uh arms race is now in um uh co-op and random battles so yes i, I think literally everyone wanted that i'm pretty sure there might be a few people who don't like it but Arms Race is an excellent mode where you can get Yamato reload time, or no, Grossa Kurfürst reload time down to, what, 18 seconds? I think was one of my friends had it at. Insane. 18 seconds with the 420mm guns. Just absolutely absurd. It's hilarious because everyone gets uh, buffs equally, and it is quite ridiculous, we'll just say. Um, However, they are disabling Epicenter, so... I don't think anyone really liked Epicenter. Some people uh, may have, but uh, Epicenter in general is yeah, not a whole lot of people like it. So I think on the whole, people are going to be happy. There's going to be some people who are particular fans of Epicenter maybe who who uh, maybe are, don't appreciate it being disabled. It might come back in its own mode someday. Um so the minimap updates, uh, new, more settings that you can adjust quickly when you click the settings button by the minimap and you can actually ping specific areas of a square rather than the whole square, uh, square um, on the minimap, which is very useful. New season of clan battles, uh, tier 10s. Um, restrictions on no aircraft carriers, no battles, or no more than one battleship per team, no more than two super ships per team, no Petropavlox, no Klebers, and no more than three mercenaries per division. Uh, and Wargaming claims that these restrictions are going to help balance gameplay. I feel like we should balance the ships more so we don't have to use restrictions, but, uh, oh well. All right, and they also have Ranked Battles, a new season of Ranked Battles. It's going to start on Wednesday, May 18th, and, and July one, or Wednesday, July 13th. Um, basically, you're going to have Tier 8 night 9 ships for all leagues, so there will be no uh, tier difference for any of the leagues. In Bronze League, or the difference is going to be uh, whether you keep your stars in a loss or not. So in Bronze League, players who take the first two places on the losing team will keep their stars in a lost battle, uh, in the silver league only a top XP earner keeps their star in a lost paddle and in gold league nobody keeps their stars so they say this is to emphasize the difference in competitiveness between the leagues uh... submarine testing uh... is going to continue in 11.4 so in short they have disabled the possibility to launch conventional torpedoes at maximum depth they've disabled the increased dive capacity depletion rate when a submarine is detected by the enemy and the ping movement effect has been replaced with the launch effect. It gives a hint about the direction of the ping's origin. So basically, from the pictures they're showing, it appears as though it's going to kind of sort of highlight a small area of the ocean where the submarine is, or where it may be, so you can more easily put um, your depth-charge planes on the target. Uh, they still haven't fixed the fact that, you know, destroyers are ineffective against submarines because of their uh, depth-charges but or, and light cruisers. But uh, I guess that's gonna be for another day. You know, even though destroyers were meant to counter submarines, uh, they're not actually very good at it. The battleships are better, which is kind of, kind of interesting. Um, they've also increased the uh, impact area airdrop depth tra- or ship drop depth charges from 450 to 800 meters. Uh, Which I feel is necessary. They've increased the damage dealt with depth charge airstrikes in the outermost parts of the impact area. And they've changed the minimum drop distance for depth charge airstrikes for battleships. It now is a minimum of 500 meters, which is the same for cruisers. They've also made it so that you cannot tread the line between two depths in a submarine and gain the benefits of both. There's a hard cutoff. Um, They've also added a more... uh, Uh, commander skills for submarines so uh, that should be interesting for submarine commanders i don't play submarines so i cannot specify whether that's gonna be uh you know a positive net positive for the submarines or for the surface ships um they've uh, also nerfed a lot of ships and buffed some ships in this update uh the tier 10 cruiser or the united states navy tier 10 heavy cruiser des moines uh, the surveillance radar has been reduced from 40 seconds to 35 seconds, and it's now selected by default for that slot, which I think is kind of interesting. I didn't think the Des Moines was particularly overpowered in this radar, but I guess Wargaming had a different opinion on that, so we'll have to see how that plays. Um, the, uh, the US cruiser Buffalo has had its surveillance radar reduced from 35 to 30 seconds and now selected by default. And the U.S. cruiser Baltimore has had its surveillance radar action reduced from 27 to 25 seconds. Um, I feel like this puts it too close to the Soviet cruisers, and their whole gimmick is really short radar duration, but really long-range radar. Um, The really long-duration radar from the U.S. was kind of what made a lot of their cruisers special, so I don't really get why this nerf is uh, coming, but uh, I may have neglected to uh, analyze some sort of impact that the large duration of radar has had other than the fact of just spotting destroyers and murdering them. Um, the Pan-Asian T-Rate cruiser Harbin has uh, had its sigma parameter reduced from 2.05 to 2.0. I don't know why it had a 2.05 uh, sigma rating. It should have had a 2.0 in the beginning, but this should make it uh, a little bit easier for destroyers to escape the Harbin. Uh, the U.S. supercarrier for the United States has, has had its uh, tactical, or the time of tactical attack squadron pe- preparation, geez, uh, increased from 150 to 175 seconds, preparation of a tactical torpedo bomber squadron increased from 150 to 195 seconds, and this is uh, the, the time you have to wait in between launching strikes of jet fighters, or jet aircraft, I should say they're not fighters, um, the British aircraft carrier Eagles had the same nerf on its uh, attack aircraft squadron, but a bigger nerf on its uh, torpedo bomber, or a smaller nerf on its torpedo bomber squadron from 240 to 275 seconds. The Soviet tier 10 cruiser Petropavlovsk has uh, been nerfed again. The deck armor has been reduced from 50 to 40 millimeters, and the casemate armor has been reduced from 50 to 40, meters as, 40 millimeters as well. Uh, this allows it to cross major thresholds and allow heavy cruisers and some light cruisers with IFHE, I believe, to penetrate its deck. So, this severely, I believe, severely nerfs the Petropavlovsk. It cannot just sit. Uh, in bow tank everything and just shatter it on its deck so this should be interesting to see how the petropivalesque plays and if it's really going to be considered overpowered so i think it will be because the guns are insane but um we'll see how this works out the uh french tier 10 cruiser uh, Henri IV has had its rotor shift time reduced from 11.9 to 11.2 seconds so not a whole lot there European 210 destroyer Ragnar has had the reload speed of its main barrier guns increase from 3.2 to 3.4 seconds, because that ship was just insane. The Panjin destroyers Senyang, Changmu, and Yuyang have had, their tor- had a torpedo reload booster added, just after I sold the Senyang, because, you know, it sucked. So maybe with the reload booster, it will be good, except it only comes with two charges and a 300 second reload. Oh well. Uh, Soviet Super Destroyer Zorky has had its torpedo range increased from 8 to 10 kilometers, and its mean battery reload time increased from 5 to 5.3 seconds, maybe a bit of a more or a larger emphasis on the torpedoes there, and they're trying to get more of a utility destroyer out of it. The uh, Soviet Tier 10 destroyer Garzovoy has had the range of its researchable torpedoes increased from 10 to 12 kilometers, so that's a big buff for it. British tier uh, eight cruiser Belfast 43 has had his main battery reload time reduced from 10.5 to 10 seconds, so from sucks horribly to still sucks. Um, so yeah, that ship's terrible. Don't get it. Uh, German tier eight cruiser Admiral Hipper has had main battery reload time uh, reduced from 11.5 to 10 po- or 11 to 10.5 seconds, and a much needed buff. I feel like the buff for that ship should be bigger, but oh well. Uh Soviet Tier 8 cruiser Tallinn has had the main battery reload time reduced from thirteen to twelve point five seconds, and that ship needed it because it was really underpowered. Uh Soviet Tier 8 cru- uh aircraft carrier Kalov uh has had the maximum uh, torpedo damage reduced from fifty two hundred damage to four thousand six hundred and sixty six damage. Why four thousand six hundred and sixty six? Why? Why not just four thousand six hundred? Uh whatever. Wargaming being weird again. Uh, the maximum bomb damage of the skip bombers has been reduced from 8,700 to 7,500. Uh, yeah, that that needed to happen. And the chances of fire on target reduced from 49% to a mere 43%. Uh that ship is still going to be overpowered, but at least it's sort of maybe less overpowered. Uh, changes to the armory, or additions, I should say, to the armory. You got the tier 10, uh... Uh, German battleship Mecklenburg, which is basically just a Marlboro except German. uh, 31,000 steel for that sucker. Um, And they replaced Leningrad, Exeter, and Satsuchi in the premium uh, shop for um, uh, community tokens uh, and replaced them with a premium ship 2-4 to container, premium ship 5 container, a premium ship 7 container, and then a community goods. Uh, They're having a a zero-lane collaboration. Uh, If you're into that, you're into that. If you're not, you're not. Um, So uh, they are bringing permanent camouflages. As far as content additions and changes go, I should say, they're bringing permanent camouflages for Cherbourg, Brest, Marseille, uh, Toulon, and the USS Black. Those are the uh, new French cruisers and the legendary U.S. Destroyer. They have some new... uh, uh, flags, patches, commanders, and achievements. Uh, one commander they're in, they're adding that I find quite interesting is uh, Admiral Arleigh Burke. He's uh, the namesake of the newest class of U.S. destroyers, or U.S. Navy destroyers, I should say the most numerous class in the Navy right now, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, following ships have been added for testing by developers, super testers, and community contributors. The Tier 4 British Battlecruiser Queen Mary, the Tier Five British Battlecruiser Tiger, Rook, Duncan, Vincent or Saint Vincent and Saint Lawrence. Um, yes, yeah, so these are and Collingwood, which these are all the uh, British um battlecruisers. That are going to be added. Which I have been requested for years by the uh, World of Warships community. They're much anticipated. And I'm very excited to see what they're like. Because they should be like an incomparable. That's what they're shooting for it seems. So I'm really excited to see these things added. And allegedly they should be in early access I think by July or August. is As I think what usually the summer ones come is July or August. Alright. Uh, so... Balance changes and improvements, a ton of them. Uh, the most important one is the fact that, um, uh, okay, uh, the disabled frame rate caps in battle. Yeah, so that's going to be your most important thing. So you can um, you can have mac- like crazy amounts of frame rates if you have just a crazy PC that's going to just eat all the warships for breakfast, but in the port it remains at 75 premiums per second. And in Operation Aegis, the Allied Cruiser Baltimore is replaced with the aircraft carrier Saipan. And uh, yeah. So that's all the other things are just kind of bug fixes. But um, they're also going to um, uh, introduce uh, new operations allegedly back into the game at some point. Uh, The operations that were previously uh, neglected to being in the game. Um, new, New news. That's kind of Weird thing, um, not a whole lot. They have a lot of new combat missions that are coming up, um, and you can complete them for various rewards, like you know, uh, camouflages and things like that. And some giveaways. They have a torpedo plushie giveaway, and uh, you can win HMS Hood. You can also design the destroyer, uh, the uh, HMCs Ur- Huron, Huron, Hurons camouflage. would say. Um, Possibly tribal, no not a tribal class, A some sort of bridge destroyer, I forget which class it is here. Ah uh, yes, I was right, it was a tribal class destroyer, um, and basically you submit your design and you can, uh, you'll be ranked and you can win a prize, the top winner, or the winner who gets their design selected will win a prize your uh, 9 premium ship container for free. So that's kind of cool. You get to have your own camouflage in the game. Uh, I'm not artistically inclined, so I didn't really participate, and I don't have time to participate, but um, yeah. So it's going to become a public vote, and how long do you have? So the submission deadline is uh, Friday, June 3rd at 5.59pm uh, Central Daylight Time in the United States. Voting begins Friday, uh, Monday, June 6th. Uh, it ends... Uh, Friday June 10th and the winner is announced on Monday June the 13th I don't think there's anything left um, they have a uh, Memorial Day combat mission you know a lot of different things that are um, just coming out but they're pretty small uh, I mentioned the torpedo plush giveaway and that's pretty much it oh they're also um, they're also having uh, new public tests uh, they're returning convoy. It's basically the same as it was before. You can also place submarines in convoy, unfortunately. So this is not a submarine safe uh, place, but oh well. Uh, They've updated the models of the US destroyers after much requests. This was kind of one of the conditions of the community contributor walkout last August, and they finally come through with some new models. Um, In 10.5, or 11.5, they revamped the Mayhan, Benson, Fletcher, and Gearing. And in update 11.6, they're going to revamp the models of Samson, Wicks, Clemson, Nicholas, Farragut, and Sims. Uh, so this is this is excellent to see. Um, new destroy- uh, the destroyers becoming actually accurate and the Gearing not being like twice the size it was supposed to be. Uh, you know, new clear windows and everything like that. So that is, uh, that is cool. Lots more detail, uh, weathering and things like that. And the other major thing that will be coming next update, it seems, is the new map, Faroe Islands. Uh, it's a pretty detailed map. It looks pretty awesome. It's kind of a you know a snowy map because uh, the Faroe Islands exist in the North Sea, and it's very cold up there. Uh, they're sort of you know like a volcanic rocky islands. They're they're a part of Denmark, uh, so that should be interesting. Uh, lots of places, or it looks like there's lots of places for cruisers to hide. So uh, that should be cool. Um, so now we will be moving on to the history section of this episode on the IJN Hyuga. And as per usual, we're going to go over the specifications of the ship. So she's named after the Hyuga province. She was built by Mitsubishi Heavy Industries, uh, which is a builder that exists today. Um, she was laid down on May 6, 1915, launched on uh, January 27, 1917, commissioned on April 30, 1918, uh, and she's an Issei-class battleship. She has the displacement of 29. Nine thousand nine hundred eighty long tons standard and thirty-six thousand five hundred long tons fully loaded. Uh, She had a length of two hundred eight point one eight meters or six hundred eighty-three feet overall, a beam of twenty-eight point six five feet or ninety-four or twenty-eight point six five meters, excuse me, and uh, ninety-four feet overall. Uh, She had a draft of eight point nine three meters or twenty-nine feet four inches, which is, I mean, that's kind of. on the shallower side, for battleships, usually they're kind of around 30 feet or so. Uh, so, yes, about a foot shallower than a lot of other battleships. Uh, she had an installed power of 24 uh, water tube boilers that generated a mere 45,000 shaft horsepower, which is abysmal uh, for World War II standards. Now, World War One standards, it was a little more on point, but still kind of slow. Or, it would mean the ship is kind of slow. Uh, she had four shafts and two steam two steam turbine sets, she could make 23 knots, um, and she had a range of 9,680 nautical miles at 14 knots, which is pretty quick for a uh, dreadnought-type battleship. Uh, she had a complement of 1,630 sailors, uh, she came armed with uh, six twin 356 millimeter 14-inch guns, 20 single uh, 140 uh, millimeter 5.5-inch guns. Four single 76.2 millimeter uh, three-inch AA guns and six uh, 533 centimeter or millimeter torpedo centimeter torpedoes. So that'd be a huge torpedo if it was centimeters. Uh, her armor consisted of 299 millimeters on the deck, or the belts, excuse me, the decks had 85 millimeters armor, and the turrets had 254 millimeters of armor. Um, so yeah, this is how she was built, though. Uh, she was she was modernized quite a few times. Three, in fact, three major modernizations. So the second modernization uh, increased her displacement to 42,001 long tons. Uh, she had a length that was increased to seven hundred and eight. Uh, feet overall, or uh, 215.8 meters, which is quite a large increase over the uh, last length of the ship. Her beam was widened to 104 feet 2 inches, or 31.75 meters, and her draft was increased uh, by around 2 feet to 31 feet, or 9.45 meters. Uh, she had an installed power of 10 water tube boilers for a grand total of 80,000 shaft horsepower, which is literally... Or quite literally, almost double the horsepower she had before. She had four steam turbine sets now, and she could make 24.5 knots. She had range that was reduced to 7,870 nautical miles, um, however, which is about 2,000 nautical miles uh, short of where it was before, uh, and this was at 16 knots, so it was uh, faster. Uh, she still had a complement of 1,376, or no, this is a Sixteen-person or sixteen crew member increase over the last modernization. She still retained those six twin fourteen-inch uh, guns. Uh, now she had sixteen single five-point-five-inch guns. Uh, this was a, re- a reduction over the uh, last modernization or the last iteration of Hyuga. Uh She had ten twin uh, twenty-five-millimeter uh, one-inch AA guns, which is a bit reduced or no, is a different. A combination of AA guns than previously, and the torpedo tubes were removed, uh, and her decks now had one hundred and fifty-two millimeters of armor, uh, which is an increase over the uh, previous iteration, and she now uh, had three aircraft that she carried, and she actually carried one catapult, as opposed to the previous iteration of her. Um, So as a hybrid carrier, which is what she was uh, changed to in 1945, or 1944, I should say, uh, this uh, decreased her displacement to 39,805 long tons, uh, increased her feet to her Feet. Her length to 720 feet 6 inches or 2219.62 20, meters, uh, increased her beam to 104 feet, um, or decreased her beam rather to 104 feet or 31.71 meters over 104 feet 2 inches. Yes, the beam was merely dec- decreased by just 2 inches. Um, and the draft was reduced to 29 feet 8 inches, or 9.03 meters. The range was increased to 9,500 nautical miles at 16 knots. The complement was increased, presumably with the addition of pilots and aviation personnel, uh, to uh, 1,463 crew members. Uh, She had a Type 21 air search radar, two Type 13 early warning radars, and two Type 22 surface search radars. Um, So she lost uh, four of her... uh, Excuse me. Uh, she lost two of her uh, turrets, so she only had four twin 356 millimeter guns. Uh, she now had uh, eight twin 12.7 um, or 12.7 centimeter 127 millimeter uh, uh, secondary weapons. She had 31 triple, 11 single uh, 25 millimeter AA guns, and now she carried six 30 round. Tw- uh, 127-millimeter AA rocket launchers, which were kind of a novel idea at the time, but they found them to be pretty ineffective. Um... And she carried 22 seaplanes and could launch them off two catapults. And this was because of the loss of the massive amounts of Japanese air power at the Battle of Midway. They were planning on converting these battleships straight to aircraft carriers, like the whole thing. But it was found they only had enough material to convert the um, rear of the uh, ship to an aircraft carrier. So it was kind of like a weird hybrid battleship aircraft carrier thing. And I don't believe they were ever used in combat in this configuration. She didn't have a whole lot of interesting service before uh, the Pacific for War in World War II, as she was too late for the uh, war in the Pacific in World War I. Uh, however, she did suffer a, uh, a turret explosion in gun turret number three, which killed 11 crewmen and wounded another 25 in a gunnery exercise in October 1919. Uh, in... Uh, the- on the 20th of November, 1919, uh, Hugo accidentally collided with and sank the scooter Hiromaya Moreau, killing two of the ship's sailing crew. Uh, or Excuse me, that was on the 21st of July, 1920. Uh, my mistake. Um, and she conducted patrols off the Siberian coast. And in 1923, she provided aid to the victims of the Great Kanto Earthquake. Um... And she just cruised off the coast of China a lot. She was overhauled in 1927 and 1928. Um, uh, she patrolled the coast of China after the first Shanghai incident with her uh, sister ship, Issei and the battle cruisers Congo and Keshima. Um And uh, in 1932, she was taking part in an exercise off Kyushu uh, near the Mishima Islands, in which a group of submarines practiced a Ma combined attack on the first cat. Uh, battleship Division, when the submarine i four unexpectedly surfaced in front of her. Yuga took evasive action and barely managed to avoid uh, i four and uh, Yuga actually suffered minor damage from the fact that uh, i four had scraped the paint off the hull, basically. That's how close they were. It was an amazing uh, show of like you know uh, skill in handling uh, this large battle crew, or battleship, I should say. Uh, she was uh, dry docked at Kerr Naval Arsenal on the 24th of October 1934, and uh, underwent extensive reconstruction and modernization from the seventh uh, that lasted until the 7th of the, uh, September 1936. Um, uh, she ferried troops to China in the Second Sino-Japanese War. Um, she was the flagship of the Emperor of Manchukuo, Henry Puyi, on his state visit to Japan uh, in nineteen forty or 1940, um, she was transferred to the 2nd Battleship Division of the 1st Fleet on the 15th of November, and Captain Norbu Isozaki assumed command on the 1st of September 1941. Uh, And when full-scale war started for Japan on the 8th of December, uh, after the United States officially issued its declaration of war against the Empire of Japan in retaliation for their attack on Pearl Harbor, in May 1942, while conducting gunnery practice along with Nagato and Mutsu, a breach of Hyuga's, um left-hand gun in her number five turret exploded and killed it, or killed it, killed 51 crewmen. Uh, the two aft magazines were flooded to save the ship, and she returned to care for repairs. And when, however, the turret was deemed unrepairable; and was removed, and there was a welded or a plate was welded over, and uh, three AA guns were installed. Uh, So she had lost one of her turrets, and she would lose the other turrets in the modernization and conversion to hybrid carriers, which would occur in 1944. However, um... Uh, she set sail on the 28th of May to uh, the Aleutian Islands support group at the same time the most of the Imperial fleet began the attack on Midway Island. So she was part of the diversion that was meant to distract the American Navy into thinking that the true attack was coming on the uh, Aleutian Islands when realistically it was coming in Midway. However, the uh, American Navy would not fall for that old gag. Um, So, basically, they rejected the proposal to convert these ships straight to aircraft carriers because of, uh, you know, the cost, so they settled on a hybrid design, and the conversion began on the 10th of December, 1943. So it was 1943, but most of it happened during 1944. and the ship's air group was con- intended to consist of a dozen each of Yokosuka D4Y SUSE dive bombers, which were nicknamed Judy's, and the Aachi E16A reconnaissance floatplane, plane, which was uh, nicknamed Paul by the Allies. Um, the dive bombers were kind of interesting because they were meant to uh, operate off of land or carriers, so they were modified for catapult launching but did not carry floats, so they would have to land on a conventional carrier or an airbase after departing from Issei, which I find kind of interesting. However, the E-16As were float planes and could return back to uh, the carrier. And during the conversion, all her 14-centimeter, 14, 14 140-millimeter uh, secondary guns were removed and the ship's anti-aircraft defense was heavily reinforced, and... Um, and it was complete the rebuild was completed on the eighteenth of November nineteen forty four. Um and it, uh she served as a traineeship ship uh for most of nineteen the rest of nineteen forty four and oh, excuse me, the, the work began on actually the first of May nineteen forty three and the work uh, finished on or in November of 1943. Uh, so she spent the first half of 1944 as a training ship and actually conducted its first catapult training on the 23rd of June. Uh, by September, the D4Y-E16 air crews um, were, had been slowed by uh, technical difficulties as far as their training was concerned. Um, and by the 1st of October, they had a strength of 17 d 4 ys which six were actually uh, ready to be used in action, and 18 E16As, of which 16 were actually operable. Uh, in the 10th of October, or on the 10th of October, 1944, um, essentially. Uh, Issei and Hyuga's carrier fleet were ordered to sortie, and two days later, the 634th Naval Air Group, which was assigned to the Issei and Hyuga, uh, was reassigned to southern Kyushu. So, um, the the, uh, Hyuga and Issei lost all their aircraft. So, when they actually engaged American forces by uh, Leyte Gulf, um, they had no aircraft to launch, so they just kind of sat there twiddling their thumbs, like, well, this is awkward. Um, and, uh... There was an airstrike, that, or a retaliatory airstrike, that was launched by Admiral William Halsey, Jr., uh, or William Bull Halsey, uh, who who's the commander of Task Force 38, uh, on the dawn of the 25th of October. Uh, the Hugo picked up uh, air, uh, the first of five American airstrikes on a radar at a range of 125 nautical miles uh, and was positioned to next to the light carriers, Chitos, and Chioda to protect him with her anti-aircraft guns. However, uh, fragments by near misses from bombs damaged ship's anti-torpedo blister, and she developed a five-degree list, which was corrected. Um, and despite Hyuga's protection, the Chioda was set afire and her engines disabled, and Rear uh, Admiral Mast- Mastuda, who was in command of the squadron at the time, ordered that the battleship and light, Carrier, or light cruiser Isuzu Su- 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 uh, go back and tow the carrier, but Hugo was unable to do so and rejoin the main body at 1830 hours. Uh, the American submarine USS Halibut spotted the 4th carrier division, uh, the division that uh, Hugo was assigned to, at uh, 1742 hours and maneuvered to attack, but missed with all six of her torpedoes. Um, Uh, Essentially, they were ordered to take their ships south and defend Isuzu and her escorting destroyers that were attempting to rescue Chiyoda's survivors, despite gunfire, from a group of four American cruisers. And unable to locate either group of ships, Osawa ordered Masuda, Osawa was a higher-ranked admiral, to reverse course at uh, 23-30 hours and head for Enami Oshima to refuel and despite being spotted uh, by american submarines en route the, the division arrived safely on the 27th of october and that same de- day Osama transferred his flag to hyuga making it the flagship um, after leaving the island the following day they were unsuccessfully attacked by the submarine uss sea dog arriving at, before arriving at cure on the 29th this shows you how good the american submarine crews were in world war 2 um And the catapults were removed uh, between the 29th of October and 8th of November to prove the fire dynamics number three and four turrets. Showed you the unsuccessfulness of this design. Um, And she basically just supported uh, the the defense of the Philippines unsuccessfully um, throughout the concluding months of World War II. Um, And she spent a lot of her days escorting um and she really never saw much action she was always on the second line of battle and was preparing for action but never really saw it Uh, on the 10th of February uh, it or HMS Ijan Hugo and her task force departed from uh, Singapore, and by the time she arrived on the twentieth of February, or yeah, the twentieth of February, nineteen forty-five. Excuse me, this is in nineteen forty-five. Uh, from in route from Singapore to Kerr she had evaded twenty-three Allied submarines and their attacks along the way, which is insane. It just shows you how infested this Pacific Ocean was with Allied submarines. And uh, the 4th Carrier Division disbanded on the 1st of March, and um, Hugo was uh, reduced to first-class reserve, um, and... uh, from this time until the surrender of Japan, Yuga was anchored in Hiroshima Bay uh, without fuel or aircraft, and more than or 240 American carrier-based aircraft from Task Force 58 attacked Kerr on 19th of March, and the ship was hit by three bombs, which killed 37 and wounded 52. Anti-aircraft guns claimed to have shot down a single Curtis SBC or 2 c Helldiver uh, during the attack. And she was redesignated as a fourth class reserve ship on the 20th of April. And Hugo was towed to a new position in Hiroshima Bay and heavily camouflaged. She was later attacked during the bombing of Kerr on the 24th of July um, and was struck by 10 bombs that uh, uh, blew off part of her stern, destroyed her bridge, and started major fires. Over 200 sailors were killed, including uh, a Rear Admiral uh, Kiryoshi Kusagawa who had taken. Um, uh, control of the ship on the 1st of March um, and uh, 600 were wounded by the attack and progressive flooding caused the ship to sink in, in shallow water over the next several days and her crew ordered to remove all easily accessible weapons. Uh, Hugo was successfully attacked by 24 U.S. Army Air uh, Force consolidated B-24 Liberator heavy bombers on the 29th and she was abandoned three days later by her crew and she was removed by the late uh, from the Navy list on the 20th of November, 1945, and her wreck was raised and broken up by the Kerr Dockyard uh, from the 2nd of July, 1946, to 4th of July, 1947. And she, I believe she has the distinction of being the last battleship to be sunk in World War Two. So that is it for the IJN Huga in real life. Now let's go through her World of Warships specifications. All right, so in the game, she is uh, in her, uh, like, her 1936 um, uh uh modernization uh in as opposed to the Issei which is in her 1943 modernization configuration so she carries six twin uh 356 milliliter 45 caliber force for 41st year type uh guns in a twin turret they have a range of 20.31 kilometers, a reload time of 29 seconds, 180 degree turn time of 45 seconds, an accuracy with a 1.8 sigma, 231 uh, meter dispersion horizontal, 185 dispersion vertical. Uh, she has a HE DPM of an impressive 141,517, 517, maximum damage 5,700, initial shell velocity of 805 meters a second, shell weight of 925 kilograms, depth explosion of 4 meters, HE penetration of 59 millimeters, which is identical to Goliath, which has really uh, smaller guns, which is kind of interesting, burn probability of t- a mere 25%, which is kind of low. It really is kind of low for a battleship. You usually like to see it around 35%. Um, and she carries uh, AP shells as well, with a H or with a DPM of 253,241 maximum damage at 10,200 per shell, 775 sec- a meter second shell velocity. So pretty slow shell velocity on Huga. Um, and uh, shell weight 674 kilograms. Uh, ricochet is standard 45 to 60 degrees. Depth over, depth explosion is two meters. The overmatch is 24 millimeters. The threshold or arming threshold is 59 millimeters. And the fuse time is um, 0.033 seconds, which is standard. She has, pr- uh, I would say, really good firing angles for how many guns she has. Uh, she carries an HE. Uh, depth charge air strike as well, which is all right. Her secondary armament's laughable. Uh, her air defense is also laughable. Uh, she has sixty thousand seven hundred hit points, which is pretty good for a tier seven uh, battleship. Uh, fires are standard, uh, sixty second duration on a fire. And uh, total damage per fire you can expect is around 10,926 damage. Uh, She can have 40 second floods. You can expect 12,140 damage from floods. Um, And torpedo damage reduction is set at 26%, which is not bad. Concealment's atrocious at 16.33 kilometers. And a 14 kilometer smoke firing penalty. And 18 kilometer visibility when on fire. Uh, She's spotted from the air from 10 kilometers away. And she has a top speed of a really good 25.3 knots, which is faster than she was in real life, ironically, which is kind of interesting. She has a turning circle radius of a really good 750 meters. And she has a rudder shift time of 15 seconds, which is not bad. Um, So overall, a really solid Japanese battleship. I have not had one of these come out in a while. Um, She carries damage control, which is standard. She carries your standard heal. Um... She carries a fighter aircraft, and her party trick is that she carries a main battery reload booster. And this is not just any main battery reload booster. This is a Japanese one, so it's kind of interesting. You get shorter duration, but really short cooldown. So the uh, maximum speed of your reload is increased by 50%, so your reload's halved. She carries three charges of this. The duration is only 15 seconds, so you get one extra shot off, but the cooldown time is only 60 seconds which is really fast, so you get two shots off, then you have to wait through two normal reloads, and then you can fire again with the reload booster. So it's it's pretty insane, and I, I do quite like that. I, I feel it's an interesting take on the French Reload consumable, which is really long duration, but really long cooldowns. So let's go through the upgrades now. You're gonna take me in Armaments Mod 1. Um, I typically take Damage Control Systems, Mod 2 in my second slot. In my third slot, I. Take Aiming System Modification 1, because this ship is more of a battlecruiser in-game than it is a true battleship tier tier 7 because of its small gun caliber. And then typically, I take either Damage Control Systems Mod 2 or Steering Gears Mod 1. I think it took Steering Gears Mod 1 to reduce the uh, rotor shift time. Yes, I did. Uh, Although, sometimes I do switch that uh, back to Damage Control Systems, depending on how I'm feeling. Um, As far as uh, skills for battleships... I took expert loader or gun feeder, excuse me, because you will be using high explosive on this ship because of the small caliber of guns. Um, and then I believe I took priority targets. And then um, I'm, I'm trying to remember what it took because World of Warships is updating right now. Um, and I took adrenaline rush. And then I took emergency repair expert. And yeah, so now for the next skills, um, you could take super heavy AP shells. I personally wouldn't recommend it because it doesn't have a super large health pool, especially since you're going to be facing tier 9s with it. It's good for tier 7, but not for tier 9s, is what I'm trying to say. So don't take super heavy AP shells. Um, you could take basic survivability, concealment experts, and then grease the gears. And then I would probably recommend taking vigilance just to round out your 21- point uh, captain. You took, could take uh, improved repair party readiness in, in favor of, or instead of um, uh, greased gears. Uh, that will uh, decrease your repair party because will reload time, or eh, or you, can, you could take a fire prevention expert. Uh, which reduces the risk of catching fire. Um, wouldn't really take close quarters combat too much, because you tend to be sitting up at medium range, but, you know, that's, that's what you want. I mean, this ship is extremely versatile. Um, you, for flags, you're going to take magazine flag, fire flag, uh, anti-flooding flag, healing flag, or uh, increased healing effectiveness flag. Um, you're going to take speed flag... And you can can take both of the fire flags if you like, uh, because you do use a lot of high explosive with this ship because of the small gun caliber and uh, high tier that it's at. Um, You could also take November Foxtrot. Actually, you should take November Foxtrot to reduce the uh, consumable uh, reload time on the ship. You could take the ramming flag too, but you'd have to sacrifice one of your other flags to do that because you only have eight combat flags that you can pick from. So how do I play this ship? Well... Whatever the battle decides, you know, this ship is one of those ships that kind of can do everything well Uh, She's proficient at long-range combat. She's proficient at um, uh, Medium short-range combat, although I wouldn't really take her up against a German battleship Although I did play uh, in close quarters with a Prince Heinrich and won by a lot so That was kind of interesting, although I would admit it was the mistakes of the Prince Heinrich that really uh, determined the uh, outcome of that engagement and the fact that I knew he had torpedoes so I was able to avoid them. um typically i go sort of in between like the a and b cap or the b and c cap i don't go in like fully in between there i just kind of sit sort of like behind there uh so i can use i have like a more central position that i can use my guns at because remember this is a slower ship at tier 7 um and then you know it's a whole thing if if i can push i push if i can't You know, I don't push. And if I see cruisers that are broadside or something or a nice shot, I pop the reload booster and, uh, you know, get that armor-piercing salvo off and then pop the reload booster and get another armor-piercing salvo off just to ensure that it can have an absurd amount of uh, burst DPM with the ship's kind of like a French autoloader tank and all tanks, just an absurd amount of uh, burst DPM. But, uh, overall, it's, it's, a, it's a really good ship. Like, I, I say this is one of the better Tier 7s, if not the best Tier 7 battleship. I mean, I know Scharnhorst is good, and I know Strasburg is pretty good, too, uh, although Strasburg kind of struggles in Tier 9 battles. Um, I feel like if, if I had to pick a tier 7 ship to go up against the tier 9s, I think I'd, I'd probably pick the Huga, And that's just because it has strong armor, strong guns, ac- very accurate guns for a tier 7 battleship. Um, and it has high, pretty good high explosive. I mean, the damage is good. The fire chance isn't super great. You can increase that a bit. But um, it's overall really effective against um, annoying uh, other battleships, especially high-tier battleships, they can't really penetrate or you'll ricochet off of with your armor-piercing, and that's just because you have so many guns. I mean, you have you have uh, twelve guns, which is pretty insane for the tier, especially since they're fourteen-inch uh, guns. Although they are not, they are not fifteen or sixteen, so you don't really have that much overmatch potential. But yeah, I mean, you do have some, uh, and I mean, it is it still works against broadsides, and it just it's an overall good ship. I don't really know what more to say about it. Um, It works well in any situation and you you can play it aggressive, you can play it not aggressive, and it really works it works well for a large variety of playstyles which makes it difficult to pinpoint one way the ship is good. Um, I guess don't expose yourself uh, to large amounts of enemy fire, don't get yourself, um, I guess, uh, stri- don't strike off from your teammates, and you'll be fine, as long as you have maybe a-, a few teammates around you, you should last the battle, I mean, I average around, like, I think around 100,000 damage a game, 100- 100,000, I-, I forget what the exact average I have is, it varies, you know, between battles, but, um, I, I- it's a really... Really effective, really high damage battle. In tier 9s, yeah, you're not going to be as effective, but I you can still hold your own in a tier 9 battle, and I I fully believe that you, you have the potential to the top a team in a tier 9 battle with this ship. It is, it is very good. Um, it used to have a 28-second reload, although they decided that that was too strong, and they nerfed it down to 29 seconds, which is still faster than a lot of other battleships as compensation for the smaller gun caliber. Um, and in tier... In tier five battles, you are dominant. You just absolutely bully everyone else, and that's just the way it's going to be. Like you're you're insane because you essentially have their guns, except they're just better. They're faster reloading. You have a main battery reload booster, and I I really love this ship. I feel like it's great, and it's a ship that where if things aren't going well for the night, you can play this ship, and generally you'll have a good game in it. It's not very hard to play, but you so it has a low skill floor, but a high skill ceiling with this. It's you can uh, it you can use it with a variety of strategies, and I challenge you to find what works for you. The basic strategy I would have is mid-range combat. Don't try to get close because you can get outgunned close. You don't have uh, turtleback armor, so um, that that can be a problem sometimes. But if the person you're fighting is also in anything that's not or in anything other than a German battleship. Or maybe a Massachusetts or something like that, uh, you should be fine close quarters. So stay at medium range until you figure out how you like to play the ship. Stay angled. If you're angled, the arm is very effective. If you're not, it is not very effective. <laughs> That's with most ships, but especially with the Huga. So that is all for today's episode on the IGN Huga. Hope you like it. And uh, if you have any sort of uh uh, critiques comments or questions or suggestions for future sh- uh, episode uh, topics uh, please do email me at ranking amateur podcast at gmail.com and until next time captains